High Noon with George Hook. News Talk 106 to 108. Time now for the Hook Health Checkup with, of course, Dr. Kira Kelly. Uh, and we'll be looking at your queries, health queries, if you have them. You can just text me at 53106 uh, for 30 cents. And if you can't get to them today, we'll certainly get to them next week. Kira, what I'm going to do here is I'm going to do the shorter questions first because you give long answers. So uh, if we do a long question and a long answer, we'll never get out of here. Okay. What are the benefits of turmeric? Isn't that like curry powder or something? It is. It is. Yeah, that's as good a description as any. Works and, wonders on blood pressure. Well, there are people who talk about turmeric for things like blood pressure and also things like turmeric for um, autoimmune conditions or rheumatoid arthritis or various things. And there are some studies to show that there may be benefits uh, of turmeric. But to be honest, what do I think about it? I, I think this is so much easier to, to, to have a, a regulated tablet with a dose on it that you can adjust and, and then telling people to take tincture of this or, or you know, a, a snuff of that. That It's not my but area. You're, yeah, but you are opposed, it has to be said, to anything that does not come out of the Royal College of Surgeons or Trinity College Medicine. Like, you are a classic doctor in that regard. If, I if, am. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I know I accept it. If I, Alexander Fleming had come to you and said, look, there's a bit of mould on the bread, but I think it could be penicillin, you would have said... I would not. I would have said we need to do a study. We need to put the mouldy cheese in with the, you know, whatever, whatever. That's what I would have, in fact, have said. Uh, and that's all I ever do say is that we need to have evidence to support claims. That That's the big thing. And once you have evidence to support claims, then medicine moves in that direction. And the thing about alternative medicine is, is usually that medicine hasn't taken its under its wing, which means that the claims aren't supported. And, that's, right. and that's why I'm not a big fan of it. And you know that. And I, don't, I never pretend otherwise. Now, you know, you know we have the Aegis thing, you know? <laughs> now, the, the thing is, this is kind of half Aegis and, and half serious. Because Liz, because I can't call a woman Aegis. I'm only allowed to call men Aegis on this program. But like Liz says, she has pains in her chest. They say it's a regular heartbeat. Is it serious? Well, it's serious if she does nothing about it. It's also quite interesting, and I don't think she is an Egypt, because most irregular heartbeats don't cause pain in your chest. George, you have an arrhythmia. I bet you don't get pain from it. No. Uh, so, so, so most irregular heartbeats aren't painful. If she's they're, having, uh, they're so irregular, and so she don't even know. Yeah, well, some people don't know they have irregularity, like but some people can feel it. Um, but... but So the pain doesn't necessarily tally with her heartbeat. If she's having chest pain... And she has an arrhythmia. I, I, I think she needs at least more feedback so that she has a great... Yeah. It may be that there's a misunderstanding here and that that's why she's, she's on to us. Or it may be that there's... That there's you know, this may be about miscommunication, but, but I think she, she needs to go and talk to somebody. If she had an irregular heartbeat, yeah. the first thing is she'd be on some kind of medication. Generally, you're on more or less two types. You're on something to, to, to regulate the rate and you're on something to yeah. stop you from getting so clotted to if thin she, the blood. Correct. If she is therefore, if she has pain and she only thinks she has an irregular heartbeat because somebody told her, right? Her uh, confessor on a Saturday night said it might be an irregular heartbeat. Yeah, I, I don't like this question. I'm, no, I'm with you on this. Yeah, I don't like it either. Yeah, I think I think Liz, if you're listening, we would like you to go and uh, talk to somebody. You need some some things done, some investigations, and a, and a sort of a more surety around your diagnosis. No, Aiden gets shoulder pain quite regularly. He's playing around with the idea of trying massage. That doesn't seem like a bad idea to me. No, it's fine.
fine. Yeah. If it works, Massage, it works. physio, all those types of things are good for, particularly shoulders. Shoulders yeah, are kind of tricky work. joints because they're not like your hip. You know, your hip is a ball and socket joint where the femur kind of slots into the acetabulum of the hip. So it, it's ball and socket. The, the, the shoulder is more complex because the humerus, which is the arm bone, it's like the arm bone connected to the shin bone. The arm bone kind of hangs from a sort of a, a, a set of bones and, and it's complicated. People often get shoulder trouble. Um, so I would say yes to massage. Yeah, but it More can't do any worse. No, a massage isn't going to do him any now, harm. There's a lot of questions here we're banging through today, which is very surprising with you. It really is. You do hate me to give a thorough answer, I, I agree. Yeah. You do. You, you yeah. like me to gloss over things as fast as possible. It's because your boredom threshold, George, is so low <laughs> that if I try and explain anything at all to the good people who listen, yeah. you're appalled. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm appalled by that and I'm appalled by the fact that I sense you're taking over my programme. And such Little is by the, little. And such is the size of my ego that I cannot cope with this. <laughs> so therefore I have to interfere. Insidiously, right? I am creeping on yeah. more and more. Terrible. Now, this is a good question because it's a simple answer. Is it okay to take paracetamol every day for painful arthritis or hips? What do you say? Yeah. Yes. Paracetamol is a great idea. Paracetamol is a great idea. Very misunderstood. Quite misunderstood. You can take, listener, eight of them a day, two, four times a day is, is, is the sort of the maximum dose. And up to that is, is no problems for most people. We can't say for every person, but for the vast majority of people. And here's the thing. Being on regular paracetamol, even eight a day, is far better than being on even like one a day regular anti-inflammatory drugs like norofen or something. Because those drugs are quite toxic in the long term. So, so yes, lots of paracetamol. And you know what? Being in pain, we've, we've talked about this a lot, George, in the programme. Being in pain is horrible. It undermines other aspects of your life. So not being in pain is a, is a pleasure and a bonus. So absolutely. Yeah, I'd take arsenic to reduce pain. <laughs> no, but I would like, do you know what I mean? Pain, what I'm trying to make is you obviously wouldn't kill yourself. But pain is so yeah. insidious yeah. and destroys your quality of life. Yeah, completely. That if you can take something that reduces or clears the pain, And it's you more or less for most people side effect free paracetamol. And, and, and unless you're in some kind of quite florid okay. liver failure, it's not a big deal. This answer comes with the complete approval of George Hook, Ingrid Hook and Kira Kelly. Yes. This is the first universal approval for, <laughs> for an answer we've ever got. Now, here's one. Is there a relationship between hypertension and hyperthyroidism? I'm only 35, but a BP of nearly 200 was blood pressure. BP, blood pressure, yeah. yeah. Yes, that? yes, there is, because what happens is a thyroid, a hyperthyroid is an overactive thyroid, and, and um, an overactive thyroid, George, is a bit like it's, it's a gland at the front of your neck and it's a bit like the accelerator pedal of the body. So when it's overactive, things are a little bit sped up. So people feel hot, they feel sweaty, their heart races, uh, they might get diarrhea, they, you know, they feel a bit anxious. It's like everything is sped up a little bit. But one of the things that happens when, when you are sped up a little bit is, is I just mentioned your heart increases in rate. And that puts your blood pressure up. Lots of blood pressure medications work on lowering your heart rate and that lowers your blood but, pressure. But so you can, raise your heart, you, you can raise your blood pressure by raising your heart rate. But the relationship between hypertension and hypothyroid? Is... Hypertension raises the heart rate, raises the blood pressure. Oh, I see. So, so yes is the answer and, it. and it needs to be they need to become euthymic which is have their thyroid in balance if they really want to control their blood pressure properly Now is this an issue because the listener says they are ectomorphic now interestingly they're, they're, this will appeal to weightlifters because weightlifters actually know all about this there are three body types for weightlifters there are mesomorphs ectomorphs and endomorphs and, and rugby coaches would know about this because uh, uh, ectomorphs are tall, thin fellas, and you stick them in the second row. And then uh, 
endomorphs are the small little fat fellas and they're the prop forwards and mesomorphs are the kind of perfectly formed uh, get a lot of dates guys and they're usually the, the halfbacks so like it's just body shape but I love it's how in- you can summarise people so simply I love the little fat I love the talk about the little fat fellas as well <laughs> but it, but just that ectomorphic thing it doesn't matter whether you're thin or fat that's the point I would say this person would be ectomorphic if, if, if ectomorphic is referring to them being thin people with an overactive thyroid are often thin are they? yeah because they're, they're going too fast they're burning up fuel too quickly now I'm worried about this okay this message does not come from Jane Fonda but she has created a whole generation who think fasting from time to time is a good way of cleansing your body. Listener says, is it okay? Yeah, look, to be honest, I think we tinker with our diets far too much. I really do. I think people, there's always a new fad and, and there has been, you know, the 5-2 diet, George, you may be familiar with, is, is eating normally for five days, fasting for two. And people do use it as a way of maintaining or maintaining their weight or lowering their weight. And you know why? That's because in the other five days they're overeating, so they have to have the balance of the two days of starving. If you don't overeat, if you just eat a healthy, balanced, varied diet, then you don't need all this tinkering. And you know what cleanses your body is not fasting. What cleanses your body, actually, is your liver and your kidneys, which do a damn fine job without any yeah. of our messing. And, and, and that's the truth of it. Here's one that I think is a worrying question, and I hope you share my worry. I am obsessed with washing my hands. My husband thinks I'm crazy. 20 times a day I wash my hands. Is this okay? First of all, the presenter, which I am still, uh, suggests it's not okay. And it's obsessive behavior. So now, Doc... What do we do? You're absolutely right. Um, this isn't just about hand washing. This is OCD. This is obsessive compulsive disorder. Uh, people who obsess about a behaviour and are, are very often the reason she's probably obsessing about her behaviour is, is this behaviour is probably because she's germ phobic. Is it's a compulsive and obsessive disorder. It's a heightened sense of anxiety, and there is help out there for that kind of thing. Now she's obviously not as bothered by it as her husband is, but her husband has clearly clocked this as abnormal but behaviour and is be- kind of going, "Why are you doing this? This is over the top," and all of this. And you know what? Those those OCD types of traits. She thinks all she does is wash her hands, but no doubt she's it's constant cleaning and wiping things with Dettol and, you know, washing the children's hands and scrubbing the dog's feet and, you know, all kinds of nonsense. And it's probably quite hard to live Would with. Would you, if you and were... And distressing for her too, even if she doesn't recognise it. If you were the woman's husband, you'd be worried. If I was the woman's husband, I'd be worried. I'd be saying I'd I think be... you have a condition called OCD. And you should talk to somebody yes. about it. Yes, We yes. are in agreement? We totally are. Do you know the first woman I, I knew who had that? OCD? Yeah. Who? Lady Macbeth. Do you remember she said, all the perfumes of Arabia, and I forget the next thing, but it's roughly kind of cleanse this hand or something. All I remember was bubble, bubble, troy, toil and trouble. Oh, yeah. that, that's as far as I go. Uh, one rich to another. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, hook. Now, the next question is impossible to answer. All right. The best way to fix back pain, I'm 35 male and if I'm slouched over for a few minutes, I'm in a lot of pain. Can we just simply say, if there was a way to fix back pain, the inventor would be a billionaire. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're not wrong. But I do think there's things he can do. He needs to mobilise, he needs to, you know, swim, he needs to walk, he needs to do stretching exercises, he might need a bit of physio. You need to keep your weight down. If you're carrying a big punch, you're, you know, you've got that 
off yeah. cent- your center of balance is, is knocked out so that's going to be a problem you may need medication you may need all kinds of things but things like yoga and pilates exercise weight loss those are simple non-medical things that you can do and physio and all that kind of stuff and then if that isn't enough then you need MRIs and drugs yeah. and what well, have you, you but you, a lot of it's lifestyle back pain George okay well you know you're in the pay of the pharmaceutical companies because I didn't you, even mention one thing about drugs no but you usually do you have just haven't got there yet <laughs> uh, I'm in the pay of all the consultants principally because they look after me but there's a fellow called mm-hmm. We do, need, we do need to reject that I'm in the pay of the pharmaceutical industry. It's not true. George just says things. Just to clear that up. Eddie Coyley is a back surgeon. The Coyleys are famous down in Cork. It's about 10 generations of them in doctors. But he, he had a look at my back, you see. And my back's in the manure. And I, this is serious now. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. not playing around with it. But like Eddie said to me, your back's in the manure. But we're not going to operate on it because that wouldn't be clever. No. So therefore, he says, you go to a physiotherapist, Mm -hmm. and she'll give you some pain relief by physiotherapy. There's a strong view amongst people, and I'm not sure about it, that doing sit-ups helps pain your back because if your point, if you have a flabby front, it puts pressure on your back. Therefore, sit-ups are a good idea. Uh, Swimming's a fantastic day. Every time I get pain in my back, if I go for a swim, I get relief. Yeah, swimming is brilliant, as is yoga and Pilates. A lot of people say, actually, just to say that sit-ups are bad for your back because they actually strain it and that exercises like the plank and the bridge and those ones that actually work on your core, front and back are what yeah. you really need. But yeah, you're on the right ballpark. It, it is about strengthening those small little muscles that support your back. But a huge amount of its lifestyle, George. Loads of us are overweight. Loads of us don't take any exercise at all. Yeah, but you, like the medical profession has failed the world. In in you haven't cured a common cold, so we get <laughs> questions every week, and you can't fix back pain. So you so like if if you lot, you know, who charge enormous amount of money for your services, if the medical profession actually fixed the common cold and back pain, we wouldn't have any questions. Well, the only thing I'd say about that is the common cold doesn't kill you, so it's not really the end of the world. All right, catch okay. it. now. I mightn't be able to answer this that's question. Not, that's not like you to say that, George. I'm well, sure I'm going to have a go I'm sure it. you'll try, exactly. Female 32. Is there anything I can do to stop hair growing on my lip? It's embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Now, would you not get Gillette? No? Oh, Is it different for women? Like do you mean, would she not shave? Yeah. And have a bit of stubble and all that? No, but I'm asking you the no, question. No, that's not what women do. No, Is no, no. hair, but you shave under your arms and there are other places you shave which I can't mention on daytime television. When you say you, you mean one as a not, you're not. Oh, you. you. That you don't know where I shave. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> well, I'm guessing. But, but you as a representative of women shave. So why would you shave in one place and because not another? Because you don't care if you've got stubble under your arms, but you oh, might not want stubble on your top lip. Yes, there are things she can do, though. There is Electrosis, I believe Electrolysis is one thing. Or yeah. laser is very good. Now, laser really only works, though, on black hairs. Um, it yeah. can't really pick up blonde hairs. But, la- but let's pr- like most people are, are black-haired or dark-haired. So, and that's usually the kind of hair that bothers you. Blonde hair doesn't tend to cause as much upset to people. Um so what you can do is you can get a laser that will treat it and it will it will eradicate the hair growth. Really? So there are those things. Then there are things like bleaches and stuff. If you you know. If, but if you, so she, there is an answer for that. Oh for yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah. Lean over there and give us a look. I want to see if there's any hair in I your any, upper. I'm not very hairy. Oh, your upper lip is positively virgin. Oh my lord, George. Well, it's You're, different. The other word I would have used, which is quite interesting, is if I had said it was verdant, and I think verdant means a lot of growth. It's, I think so it means, I think it means green. What does it? 
And it's neither green nor verdant. And I don't even want to go there on the other one. I'm not a very hairy person. No, I don't no, have any hair on no, my top. But, but the interesting. Imagine if, if I, I did, though, and you just pointed it out to the world. That but, been. I mean, if I was 32 and a female... Yeah, you would want to get rid of it. You would want to get rid of it. I'm surprised now, seriously, given women go, like, to to the spa or the, that they, she wouldn't ask somebody. Do you know what? You see, not all women do. And this person might be a bit shy and may never have gone to a beautician's or may never have gone anywhere where she would get this kind of information. So she's coming to us on the radio and going, is there something new? Yes, absolutely. And do you go like, to the Golden Pages and look well, up there are laser, ha- laser hair clinics. There are, um, uh, and they might also offer electrolysis for those who can't have the laser hair done. There's all sorts of things. And, right. and even simply before she gets that done, you know what you can do is you can go and buy depilatory creams. You can put cream my on your top. My grandmother used to put yeah. cream on her top she lip. Used to be, yeah. Did and she? I go over well, my grandma. I'd they go smell over, appalling. I used to go over to my grandmother and she would get a, uh, a bottle of Guinness and she'd fill the glass for me and I'd be about 10 and she'd put sugar in it. And the hot and, poker. And the hot poker. Ah, I like your grandma. And then she'd give that to me while she was putting the white stuff on her lip. Those are the kind of rituals that you'd miss nowadays with children. Giving them the alcohol while you defuzzed yourself. Now, this question is for me, okay? You think? It is. But don't tell anybody because I'm pretending it's from a listener. Oh, okay. But it's really for me. I can't stop picking my nose. My wife is always at me to stop. Oh, Ingrid. I even do it in public without realising... Is there any way to stop? Now, it, we're pretending it's a listener, but it's really me. What <laughs> so, do I do? So what do I do? I've never seen you pick your nose. What do I do? I, this is a very difficult because it's a habit. So I think you're going to have to do something to break that. Because once you break the habit, it's, it's gone. But he could do a variety of things. No, yeah, hold on. Let me, I must explain this. I'm, I'm going to come clean. This question is for me, right? All right. There's all little hard things up there and you kind of stick your finger up and you kind of release the hard thing. Now, the problem with the studio is when the camera's on, all the listeners are watching me pick my nose. Okay, for the little hard things, I would suggest that maybe in the morning, pop a small amount of Vaseline up your nose, George, which will help actually with allergies and stuff too in the hay fever season. So that would be something to soften the little hard things and then they will just pass themselves. If you're a terrible nose picker, usually there's only one or two fingers that people use their index or maybe their middle, but it's usually an index finger to break the habit. And all index, it, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. The, yeah, index. The, yeah. All I would suggest is, is, do you know what? Stick a stick a band out or something around the tops of your two index fingers. Ah, would you get no, off no, this no, stage? for a week or two until you stop the habit because those habits are easily broken once they once they stop. And if you stick a band aid up, try and put it up your nose. It'll stop you in your tracks and you won't do it. And then you'll stop doing it in general. I only, I only started picking my nose after my father died because what my father used to do is put mustard on my finger. And then when I stick mustard up my nose, see, I wouldn't do it anymore. But then, of course, when I grew up and left my father, I started picking my nose again. Well, then the other solution is to put the mustard back on the finger. Funny, I can't I believe I'm saying this rubbish. <laughs> I, was, I was coming into the studio just a few minutes ago, right? And there's somebody who I can't mention yeah. out there yeah. amongst the vast news talk staff yeah. and he's picking his nose. Right. And I think, God, how disgusting. And then I suddenly realised that's me. You were looking in the mirror. Well, no. I looked at a fella oh, doing it. Oh, there was another it. fella doing it. I and thought I you thought, said no, no, he caught no, your no, eye no, in the glass no, or something. No, no. But I saw how disgusting it was. Yeah, no, mustard, band-aids, whatever it takes. You need to break the habit. Because once you break the habit, it's gone. Do you think? Yeah, I do. Now, there's another one which could be me as well, but I'm not, I think I've cracked it. I have a twitch in my eye, mainly comes early morning, late at night, and he thinks sinister male 45 is that? 
Blepharospasm, the, the, the twitching of the eye muscles is uh, usually not a sinister thing and it's relatively common. And believe it or not, George, it's what Botox was developed to treat People who were driven mad by twitchy eyes. Yeah, people who were yeah people who were driven mad by twitchy eyes. They decided to inject something to paralyze the muscles to stop them twitching, and they noticed that a side effect of treating the blepharospasm, the twitch, was that these people's um, wrinkles were eased and softened, and then that became the main use of Botox. I used to have a twitch, so why is it gone? It often gets worse when people are tired, when people are stressed, when people you know have other issues going okay. on. It kind of All flares right. up. Listen, we have to go, but Dave McCabe says he's allergic to shellfish. Is there any omega-3 or joint replacement for glucomazine? What is it, gluco? Glucosamine. Glucosamine that doesn't contain fish. Most of the omega-3s are fish oils, um, and yeah. so they probably, if he's allergic to fish, he may well be allergic to them. Glucosamine is a slightly different thing, uh, but it's also proven to have no... Effect. Effect is what I was trying to think of a nice way of saying it. Uh, you know what, he'd be as well to take some just paracetamol maybe. What's he worried about fish anyway for? I never have fish in my life, except on Fridays in the old days by order of the Pope. Don't do it now because the Pope says it's okay. There's a question from a lady, and I want to leave it on next week, but she's paying her calf muscles and all sorts of things with cramps, and I want to deal with it in some detail next week. So, listener, definitely be back next week where we may devote the entire program to cramps in your legs, but we'll, it'll be first on riveting the list. Riveting stuff. No, it's riveting, it's riveting stuff when you cramp. I still am drinking gin and tonic by the bucket load before I go to bed on your advice that it would cure nighttime cramps. I said tonic. I never mentioned the gin and I keep correcting you on this every week. But you can't drink tonic when I'm gin. It's delicious. Although, my, did I tell you, my dermatologist gave me a bollocking and said you shouldn't be drinking so much gin. Well, he's dead right. She. She. Going to doctors is just so good in your old age. I've, I, I'm going to drop Sean O'Neill for my veins and Eddie Eddie uh, Kylie for my back. Going to drop them all, and I'm going to go to female doctors. You need to stop talking now. Do I? Yeah. Time to go. Yeah.